0: is Christian Questions.
1: Spencer Johnson once said, integrity is telling myself the truth, and honesty is telling the truth to other people. Good morning everyone and welcome to Christian Questions Talk Radio with a purpose with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and we promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Rick, that perspective is based on godly principles,
2: family values, honest dialogue, all in a politically free zone. Jonathan, the best part is this. We talk and you listen and then you talk and we listen. You can also contact
1: us at our website, christianquestions.com. I'm Rick. And, and I'm Jonathan. And folks, we are truly glad you've chosen to spend some time with us on this fine Sunday morning. And, and Jonathan, you, don't, you know what? It's almost warm outside. I know. It's <laughs> like 40. <laughs> like, oh, spring is almost here. Yay. <laughs> anyway, what's up? What's happening? And what are we talking about this morning?
2: Well, Rick, our question this morning is, how does God's spirit work? And our theme text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God.
1: For the Christian, the Holy Spirit is a sacred part of our faith. It was promised to us in the absence of Jesus as a comforter, a guide, a teacher, and even an intercessor. It is a true evidence of one who has been called, chosen, and working towards being faithful so here 's the question: How does the Holy Spirit work in our lives? who has it who doesn 't is now the time for the Holy Spirit to be poured out upon the world how What are the functions of the Holy Spirit Jonathan this is a this is a tough subject it really is because the, a lot of the scriptures about the Holy Spirit are very um, I don't I don't know what to I don't want to use the word mystical, but they almost come across as as is mysterious. How's that? Okay, Myster- sounds good. Kind of mysterious. So what we want to try to do this morning, folks, is look at these scriptures critically and break through, hopefully try to break through some of that mystery and get a sense of how the Holy Spirit actually does work. and our first our first approach to the to the, to the God's spirit Jonathan is going to be to look at. The first scripture uh, that uses God's Spirit in the entire Bible, and it's interesting because it is right at the very beginning. So uh, let's go to that scripture, Genesis 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters, and God said, Let there be lights, and there was light. God saw the light, that it was good, and God separated the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, the darkness he called nights. And there was evening, and there was morning the first day. So, Jonathan, we just had to be a little bit dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't resist. That was great. I couldn't resist. And uh, it's interesting because the very first introduction of God's Spirit is in the second verse of the entire Bible. That is neat. So, I never knew that. Well, and, and you think about it, and it makes perfect sense. And and as we try to figure out and understand what God's Spirit is, uh, this is a good way to do it. You start at the very beginning. So the word for Spirit here, what, what's the word? Because this is kind of interesting.
2: It is, Rick. It's wind uh, by resemblance, breath, uh, sensible, or even violent, like an exhale an exhale or exhalation.
1: Okay, so th- the sense behind it is kind of like wind. So, so something like powerful but unseen.
2: Right. Okay. Good, that, that, that's that, a good way to explain it.
1: So that's the Old Testament word that is actually used for spirit. It actually does mean... Wind or breath, and, and and you you get a sense of something that that has the ability to move things, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Um, in the New Testament, the phrase "Holy Ghost" or "Holy Spirit" is always derived from. Two very specific words, always without exception. The first is the word for holy. What what is what what is holy? Sacred, pure, morally blameless, or religious, ceremonial, or consecrated. So holy is what we think holy is. You know, sacred, set apart. We always use the uh, the term sanctification mm-hmm. or sanctify and to be set apart for holy service. Right sure. for holy service. So holy has that sense to it. And the word for spirit in the New Testament. W- what is that? actually Mean.
2: It's a current of air, a breath, a blast or a breeze.
1: So you have the same thought of God's spirit from the Old Testament and the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. You've got that same word that uses this this unseen power that's as a, a current of air.
2: But it's translated so many different ways. Yeah, and,
1: and that's and that's where some of the problem comes in in I trying to right. Trying to understand it. So we want to get into what it actually means when it says the spirit of God was moving over the face of the waters. What was that? that was moving over the face of the waters. When when the scriptures say that you know we are begotten of the god's spirit, what is that? How does that work? What does it mean? What doesn't it mean? Those are the questions we want to get into this morning. So uh, folks, it should be interesting because uh, we may have a slightly different perspective on this than a lot of you and uh, that's why we do a call-in program. So if you hear you're hearing something and say, "Hmm, where did you get that from?" <laughs> well, let us know. Give us a call at 866-985-4255 toll-free. 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and, and that means we're on right now. And Jonathan, you have, you have a major announcement. That's right, Rick. I do. And think about this.
2: You can now carry around Rick and Jonathan right in your pocket. Now, I don't know if everybody would want to necessarily
1: <laughs> do that, but if they want to, they can. How is it they can do that?
2: We are thrilled to introduce the launch of the new Christian Questions app. For Apple and Android smartphones and tablets. So we have an app. That's right. This is a must-to-have for our listeners because it offers the following advantages. Now, folks, listen to this. There's some very important things here. First, uh, click Listen Live and hear the program uh, live wherever you are every Sunday morning, as well as the CQ Daily Weekend Weekly Broadcast Uh, which is normally not available except only in the Florida market, and that's from 2.30 to 3
1: p.m. Monday through Friday. So five days a week, we have a broadcast on in Orlando, Florida at this point, and you can hear that on the app if you get this Christian Questions app. That's right. You can call into the live program directly from the app by clicking a button.
2: Okay. How cool is that? So it'll
1: dial for (laughs) you.
2: And all the previous programs are archived, so just click on a title or subject matter and bring the Bible study with you wherever you go. Okay, so you get archives as well as live. And you can click right into our Facebook page and communicate with us and more. Just download the app to your
1: Apple and Android phone or tablet. So you can find this new app on iTunes or Google Play and simply search for Christian Questions. That's it. It's cool. I've had a lot of uh, folks tell me that they really, really, really... As a matter of fact, they they got this app up and running before I even knew about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was at that conference last weekend. Yes. And uh, there were some coming up to me saying, wow, your app is really cool. And I said, well, what, what app? What app? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's awesome. Christian Questions, yes, there's an app for that. Jonathan Rick in your back pocket, yeah, there's an app for that. Eh, be careful on that, but... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll be talking about that as the program goes on, so folks, do check it out. It's really quite exciting. Um, Jonathan, let's get back to our subject matter. Um, and and we are talking about the Spirit of God. We, in Genesis 1, the Spirit of God moves on the surface of the waters, and of course, the, the creation process starts. The root word for spirit, uh, and there, you, you talked about in the New Testament, the word for spirit is current of air or breath. Mm-hmm. Well, the root word... Um, and kind of sort of taking a further step backwards to just get a sense of what it comes from.
2: It's very similar, Rick. It means to breathe hard, a breeze, or blow.
1: Okay, and let's take a look at a couple of scriptures that actually use um, that root word. And
2: the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and
1: it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. So, again, this is not the word that's used for spirit, but it's the word that it comes from. And sometimes it's good to get the, the, the sense of where it comes from, because that gives you more of a, a, a broad perspective on what the word is really kind of supposed to mean. Mm-hmm. So it talks about the wind blowing in that, in that scripture. John 3, uh, 8 is another interesting scripture on that. The wind
2: bloweth where it listeneth. And thou hearest the
1: sound thereof, but
2: canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit.
1: Now here's the interesting thing, Jonathan. In this particular scripture, where it says the wind Mm -hmm. bloweth, wind is the actual word for spirit. Right. Just like spirit, it's translated spirit at the end of the verse. Mm -hmm. So it's the exact same word. Word for bloweth is the root word.
2: Okay, so okay. they're right next to each other. Yeah, the wind
1: bloweth. Right, and, and you know what? This is a good, a, a good example of why you want to get Seeker Rewind, the full edition. Because all of this is going to be plain and on paper. And you can say, well, what are they talking about? Well, just look at it. Seeker Rewind, the full edition. Sign up for it at christianquestions.com. Uh, it's exclusively available there. And it's a free service, isn't it? It is. No obligation. So make sure you, you, we, we, we take care of that, folks. That's on, on your list of things to do. List of things to do based on Sunday morning's broadcast. Get the app. Sign up for CQ Rewind, the full edition. Just two things, that's all.
2: And Rick, in this scripture, also in John 3, 8, the last word, born of the Spirit, is that true word for spirit, just like the wind at the very beginning of the scripture.
1: So we get a sense that the Spirit of God is, um, in a most literal sense, a sacred blast or breath or an unseen, powerful, moving force. Again, a little bit mysterious, if you will, because... When, when you're dealing with things from the standpoint of spirituality it, there's always going to be some mystery because we look it, it's unseen right right and, and we don't know exactly all of the details you know like when we talk about angels and things like that and you know we talk about cherubim and seraphim mm-hmm. and We're talking in areas that we're just we're we're basically ignorant when you think about it. That's so true. And so, what we're trying to do is, based on Scripture, understand things that are higher, because the Holy Spirit is a very integral part of our lives as Christians. It's supposed to be, because that's what Jesus said. So. Because we understand the sacredness to be from God, you know, holy really does mean sacred, it would not be unreasonable to label the Holy Spirit as the sacred power and influence of God. Again, by Pure definition of what the words are. That makes sense. Okay, so it, that, that now you can say that. Well, that's just that's an assumption, and sure, sure that might be, but it seems to be a reasonable assumption. So, because just as the wind has power, which itself is unseen, but its results are obvious, so God's influence is exactly the same way. That's a good point. It itself is unseen, yet God's influence is undeniable. You look at the creation. Uh, fact, the Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters, and boy, something happened. <laughs> For sure. Okay? So, now the question is, does the definition fit all of the things that the Holy Spirit is said to do? Because there is a litany of description of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And Rick, it is
2: translated, ghost, spirit, spirit of the Lord, spirit of truth, spirit of Christ, human spirit, evil spirit, spirit generally. Um In
1: so many ways. Yeah, so that word for spirit you're talking about. Yeah, So that same word is used in a lot of different applications. Exactly. See, there's an app for that too. (laughs) (laughs) So the whole point of this is, what is the Holy Spirit, how does it work, and how can we better understand it so we know what we're dealing with? This is Christian
2: Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how does God's Spirit work? Coming up, how does God's Spirit prophesy? How does it speak? Wait, does it speak? Is it in our mind? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning... How does God's Spirit work? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: And Jonathan, uh, the big news this morning is Christian Questions has an app. Yes, we do. And you know what else we have? What do we have? We have our official app tester sitting right here in the studio with us. Jewel, your wife is sitting there. She's behind a microphone. So, Jewel, how does it work? Tell us. Well, it's very exciting. Um, You go into Christian Questions um, in your app store, and I believe it's under Christian Questions Podcast, and you just download that. And this is so exciting. On their homepage, it's either archives or listen live. Just push the little button and you're listening live to Christian Questions. It's so much easier than other ways that I've had to do it before, like if I've been out of town and I've had my phone or my and And what if you want iPad. to call in? All you have to do is go to the at the bottom where it says more, click more, and there's a call in. You hit the button and it immediately connects you to the station when when they're broadcasting. When we're broadcasting. Yeah. Yes. You don't want to call them when we're not broadcasting. No. <laughs> it's not going to work. But, all right. So easy. <laughs> so easy. So our official app tester gave it a thumbs up, a two thumbs up from Jewel. All right, then. Um, all right, Jonathan, let's get back to our subject, folks. Check that out. Christian Questions app available on iTunes and Google Play for iPhones and Android phones. Uh The the spirit, how does it it prophesy? Does it prophesy? Does it speak? Uh, What is it? How does it work? A great place to go is to find out how Jesus explained it and then how Jesus' explanation of the spirit actually came to be. So we're going to go to John 16, 5 to 11, because this is Jesus explaining things. But now I go my way
2: unto him that sent me, and not one from among you questioneth me, Whither goest thou? But because these things I have told you, sorrow hath filled your heart. But I, the truth, am telling you, it is profitable for you <clears throat> that I depart. For if I should not depart, the advocate would in no wise come unto you. But if I go,
1: I will send him unto you. Okay, so Jesus is talking, this is the 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 night before his crucifixion. He's talking to his his closest followers and he's saying, "Look, I'm leaving. Yes, I'm leaving, but I'm sending this comforter to you." And then Jesus gives a little bit of a prophecy about what the comforter is actually going to do. And having come, he will reprove
2: the world concerning sin and concerning righteousness. And concerning judgment, concerning sin indeed, because they are not believing on me, but concerning righteousness, because unto the Father I go my way, and no longer do you behold me, and concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world hath been judged.
1: Okay, so Jesus essentially says that, yes, I'm going away, and the Comforter is coming, and the Comforter is the the Holy Spirit. And he says, here's what the Comforter is going to do. The Comforter is going to reprove the world. So you know, you say, well, how is that going to happen? Is there is there going to be some special event where the comforter is is standing on a stage reproving the world concerning sin, righteousness, and judgment? How does that actually happen? And I think the best way to figure out the answer is, you know, there's a logical connection here, Jonathan. We take the Holy Spirit and Jesus describing it coming. Mm-hmm. Well, when did the Holy Spirit come? The day of Pentecost. So it would make sense to look at that day and see what happened on that particular day. And do we see a reproving? Right. Do we see the prophecy that Jesus mentioned actually coming? coming true then and if so how does it do it okay so let's do that let's go to the uh the the scriptures in acts acts chapter 2 verses 14 to 43 now we're not going to have time to read all of those verses so we're going to read some uh selected verses here this is the context of when the spirit comes remember it comes with the tongues of fire oh yeah and and, and And the
2: the rushing sound of wind.
1: right right and it's very 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 dramatic that's why we started the program with you know the that space odyssey music (laughs) you just got to get into the dramatics of. Because it wasn't an incredibly amazing thing. It was a life-changing experience. That's where Christianity was born. Good point. Okay, that's where Christianity was born. So let's see what happens. The Spirit comes, and remember the Apostle Peter stands up. And he's trying to explain
2: what's going right, on, right? because now these
1: these guys are all speaking in different languages, and they're communicating with people they wouldn't have been able to communicate and, with before. And the before. audience
2: thought, maybe they're drunk. Right. What's going on here? Right. So the
1: Apostle Peter stands up, and here's what happens.
2: But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah, and
1: all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. So he stands up and he takes complete control of the situation. And and you know you were saying during the break how it must have been such a big big deal. Oh yeah, because he's you know it's, it's the drama of standing up and maybe putting up his hands and saying who a, a proclamation right here quiet going- down. There's something that I have to say, and obviously it's God's spirit working through him, because Peter himself didn't like say, "Oh yes, yes, this is I was calculating this was going to happen, and, I, <laughs> and I've got these prepared this prepared speech no. that I'm going to to be delivering." You know, so he, he's being moved by by the spirit. So the next verses now show, and now we're in, we're going to jump down to verses uh, twenty. Where are we? Two. 20, Twenty-two to twenty-four. These next verses are going to show the spirit reproving or convicting the world of sin because they don't believe. Listen to the words of Peter and see how they fit the prophecy of Jesus.
2: Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered By the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be held by it.
1: So the Apostle Peter is saying to the audience there, uh, Jesus has been delivered. You have taken him by lawless hands and crucified him and put, put him to death. Doesn't that sound like the spirit convicting the world because of sin? Because I didn't believe. Oh yes, because if they, if they believed, they would not have put him to death. Exactly. So it's interesting that the Apostle Peter stands up at this first, this first uh, influence of God's spirit upon Christianity, and gives this magnificent discourse on what's happening. And his focus is actually uh, the focus of. Uh, uh, what Jesus had previously said.
2: Which was reproving the world concerning sin.
1: Right. And now Jesus had said that, oh, what, 50 some odd days ago, okay? Because mm-hmm. remember, this is 50 days after the crucifixion. Yes. And Jesus said that the, the day before. Now, again, the point to, to to remember here that's really important is Peter didn't, remember and say ah I remember what Jesus said and this is what's happening here no this was he was moved by the spirit to say things that were beyond his understanding exactly that was basically what we would call a miracle this, yes. This, this this influx of the Spirit with the tongues of fire, a very miraculous circumstance. So it's very exciting to see that. So you see the first the first leg of that prophecy fulfilled in, in verses twenty-two to twenty-four. Now the next verses show the Spirit reproving or convicting the world of righteousness by the raising of Jesus to power with the Father. Thirty verses we're going to jump down to verses thirty-two to thirty-three.
2: This Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses, therefore being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which
1: you now see and hear. See, and so Peter is acknowledging the fact that here, this is as a result of the Holy Spirit, and that's why you're seeing and hearing what you're seeing and hearing. He's basically saying, look, guys, this is a paraphrase. (laughs) Guys, look, it's not me. You're seeing God's absolute power working through me in this particular experience. And, and th- th- when, when you see that, Jonathan, and you realize that this is following exactly what Jesus said. See, the righteousness comes because Jesus is exalted. So he's Reproving the world of righteousness because Jesus was faithful. And as a result of Jesus' faithfulness, now the Spirit can be uh, proclaimed throughout the world to say, look, there's something happening here that never happened before. The interesting thing is, just a a quick sideline before we continue, is that God's Spirit had influence on other people before this. Oh, that's true good but, point but it was a different kind of an influence so like the prophets of old yes, had god's spirit because they wrote things that a lot of times they didn't understand sure but like daniel you know yeah. when we when we talked about the prophecies of daniel daniel was writing down things that he didn't understand he wanted to know the answers and god allowed him to write the things down without knowing the answers so it's kind of an interesting thing here
2: well if you have a thought on the question how does god's spirit work give us a call at 866-985-4255 that's 866-985-4ALL. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: And don't forget to download the CQ app. That's right. We have an app. You can take Jonathan and Rick around with you and carry us in your pocket. Uh, <laughs> I kind of wonder about that, but hey, you know. And uh, it's available for iPhones and Android phones. Uh, you can get it at Google, Google Play or iTunes. Free app, try it out. It's really, really cool. That's not a scriptural sp- phrase, but it is really cool. Okay? <laughs> All right, let's continue here, Jonathan. The next verses, now we've seen the first two pieces of that prophecy of Jesus uh, being spoken by the Apostle Peter. The next verses show the Spirit reproving or convicting the world of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. For David did not ascend into the heavens,
2: but he himself. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ.
1: So the Apostle Peter is essentially quoting the Old Testament saying, uh, the enemies of God are going to be made his footstool. That is reproving, that's convicting the world of judgment. Yes, it is. Because the ruler of this world is judged. So, literally, Peter fulfills piece by piece what Jesus said.
2: Back in John chapter 16, right. verses 8 through 11.
1: So, we keep saying Peter did this, Peter did this, Peter did this. No. No. God did this through Peter. And that's exactly the point. So, how did the Spirit do all of these things? Well, through the words and explanations of the Apostle Peter regarding the events and prophecies. This gives us a huge, huge clue as to how the Spirit, the power and influence of God, was going to be working in the Christian age. See, here's the thing, Jonathan. If this is a template, what this tells us is that the Spirit works with the hearts and the minds and the words and the actions of those that are begotten of the Spirit. Okay. The Spirit does not have... Now, 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 folks, I'm going to say something here. You might say, wait a minute, but just hear us out. The Spirit does not have an external voice of its own. It is the power and influence of God expressed through prophecy or a begotten one. Someone that
2: is spirit-begotten, someone that's striving to be christ-like
1: or the spirit's voice quote-unquote is expressed through prophecy okay good point even though so that's not that's a, god's will right it's not okay. a literal not literal spoken words but it's right. written words good good of of god so that's how we think the act actually the spirit does its communicating now as a sidelight to all of this jonathan i want to go to a soundbite uh from the science of thought and intuition because What we're going to find as we go through this study is that the idea of thought and intuition is a very important side discussion to have in understanding actually how the Holy Spirit works.
3: The commander explained that he had arrived to the scene of a small and seemingly insignificant kitchen fire. He had the men enter the building and begin spraying water onto the fire from the living room. But, quote, the fire just roared back at them. After multiple attempts to extinguish the fire had been met without success, the commander was confused. Why wasn't the water putting out the fire? Then, according to the commander, his sixth sense kicked in, and he immediately became very concerned about the situation. The commander ordered all of his men to quickly exit the house, despite not actually understanding why he was feeling so alarmed. Moments later, the entire living room floor collapsed. Had the firefighters stayed in the living room and continued to spray water into the kitchen, they might have been seriously injured or even killed.
1: So, that's a true-to-life experience of a of a fire chief uh, battling a fire. He feels like something is wrong. How did he know? Well, and, and that's the point. He did it, it, something just wasn't right. So he says, "Everybody out of here." So his his instinct. Takes over and he says everybody out of here, and he probably ended up saving the lives of all of his men who were fighting this this particular fire. So he had this intuition, if you will. Something wasn't right. Right, and he knew it. And
2: Paul, ba- based on what his experience. Well, and
1: that's the point. It's based on it's based on his personal uh, I- experience as a longtime firefighter. Okay. And we're going to get into the rest of the story in in the next segment. But the point is that part of understanding how the spirit works God's spirit is understanding how the human spirit works because there are some very distinct similarities between the two
2: you're listening to Christian questions I'm Jonathan here with Rick our subject this morning how does God's spirit work coming up so if the Holy Spirit does not have a voice then how does it teach us and tell us what to do that's next
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how does God's spirit work? To be a part of our program, call toll-free, 866-985-4255. That's 866 866-985 985 all Or if you have the app, press the call-in button. We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: That's right. We have a brand new app for Christian questions. You can get it if you have an iPhone or an Android phone. You can get it at iTunes or, or Google Play. Download it. It's free. It's really cool. Try it out. Christian questions. All right. So, Jonathan, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And in the last segment, it was very important establishment of how the Holy Spirit would work. And I think that really does set a template for us to look at what to expect from the Spirit. What Mm -hmm. we saw is the Spirit working through the Apostle Peter to actually fulfill a prophecy that Jesus had given 51 days before.
2: Now, he was a witness to that prophecy. Yes, he was. He heard the input. He may not have remembered it right at five minutes after he heard it, but somehow God's power... In the way he explained things about this Holy Spirit, this miraculous thing going on. He brought out
1: things that actually fulfilled everything Jesus said. And so... The Apostle Peter had some background, that's what you're he saying. He did, he had some input right. beforehand. He had a limited background, but yeah. he didn't, I mean, he was very articulate, far beyond what oh. he, he was capable of. Oh, absolutely. Of, and that's what was the miracle of the Spirit. Now, at the end of the last segment, we, we, we played a, uh, a soundbite from the Science of Thought and Intuition about a fire chief whose, basically, whose intuition um, saved Potentially saved his men from either injury or even death. Mm-hmm. Let's just finish up that story because the concept of human intuition and the human spirit helps us to actually understand how the Holy Spirit works.
3: As it turned out, the living room collapsed because the main fire was actually located in the basement of the house and not in the kitchen, directly beneath the spot the commander and his men had been standing. This fact explains the ineffectiveness of the water, it explains the extreme heat and the low noise level. However, the commander did not know any of these facts at the time. But he did know that the situation did not quite feel right, and his intuition helped him identify a rather serious problem. Klein explains his interpretation of the commander's thought process. Quote, The whole pattern did not fit right. The commander's expectations were violated, and he realized that he did not quite know what was going on. That was why he ordered his men out of the building. The commander's experience had provided him with a firm set of patterns. He was accustomed to sizing up a situation by having it match one of those
1: patterns. So... There, Jonathan, you get a sense that because of his vast experience, Mm -hmm. he was able to clearly put things in perspective, and he saved lives as as a result.
2: By saying something's wrong here is just not right.
1: Right. So that's human intuition. And as we develop the program, the idea of human intuition and the human spirit and, and, and the human experience tells us that when we have experience in something, over time, we develop a sense for it that is beyond what somebody else who's just looking at, at something would have. If, if I was standing there trying to fight that fire, I wouldn't have said, hey, everybody get out of here, something's wrong. Right. I would have said, more water, more water. Exactly. <laughs> because I wouldn't know. So there's a big, big difference between the two. So let's get started. Be- before we go to the phones, Jonathan, let's just open up this next section of trying to understand how the Spirit works. Luke twelve twelve is an interesting scripture. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that
2: very hour what you ought to say.
1: So, what does that mean? Well, it did for Peter. Yes, it did. Now, I mean, is it like you're sitting in a classroom and you're taking notes on, on how you're going to know? <laughs> I mean, what does that actually mean? We're going to get to the answer on that. Let's go to the phones first. All right. Well,
2: we have Julius from Connecticut. Good morning, Julius, and welcome to Christian Questions.
4: Gentlemen, this has to be one of the uh, top topics. <laughs> sure. Oh, golly, what what a subject. You know, uh, uh, that scripture you mentioned in Genesis 1, uh, chapter 1? Yes. Uh, two and three there. Uh, you know, I, sometimes I say, Which is, there's got to be a scripture that's, uh, you know, uh, number one, number two, you know, out of, out of ten. Pick a scripture out of ten. Uh, to me, that has to be one of them, because Jehovah God introduces himself to the planet. That's the way I look at it anyway. Okay, so the Holy Spirit... Uh, it's not a person, because if it were a person, you know, uh, Joel 2.28, uh, God says, uh, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. A person wouldn't go individually to, uh, you know, to each person. It's an influence. It's, the wind is a, is a great description of it. Now, uh, where do we find peace in our society filled with dissension and turmoil? Uh, there is no peace. Because God is absent. His influence is absent. And a couple of scriptures, uh, as I leave you, As many as are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. That's Romans 8.14. And number two, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. That's Matthew 5.9. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you, Julius. Appreciate your call. Good day. Bye
1: bye. So Julius is 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 basically saying that the Holy Spirit, you know, really is the power and influence of God. And he said something interesting because we asked the question earlier. You know, is now the time for God's Spirit to be poured out upon the world? And he asked the question, "Well, is there peace in the world?" No. And the answer, right? The answer is no. That's what you. <laughs> and 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 what that tells us is God's Spirit is not throughout the world, otherwise there would be peace. Good point. So very, very important point. Thanks, Julius. We appreciate your thoughts. And uh, folks, look, this is a tough subject. We are trying to clearly define the, the, the Spirit, God's Spirit, by the Scriptures. Not we're, We don't want to try to define it by what we think or what we feel or tradition. We want to try to define it by the scriptures. So we are now dealing with the section that says the Holy Spirit is going to teach you. Well, how does the Holy Spirit teach us? It's the unseen power and influence of God at work guiding our words and our actions. Peter was a great example of that at he Pentecost. Was, yep. Isaiah 30:20 20 to 21.
2: Though the Lord may give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself any more, but your eyes shall see your teacher and when you turn to the right or to the left your ears shall hear a word behind you saying this is the way walk
1: in it so this is talking about hearing voices it is and and the idea is you know the 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 concept of hearing voices sometimes in our in our lives, um, we can hear voices from a lot of different things and i 'm not talking in a spooky sense okay. i 'm talking in a very realistic, practical sense of 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 of, of voices for instance, um, you can hear the voice of somebody that you knew who who, who died, who was a great influence in your life. Mm-hmm. You hear their voice helping you. Putting things in order.
2: With things they always stood for or things they exactly. always said to you. Right. Okay. Right. Gotcha.
1: And, 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 and that's hearing a voice. And sure And that's it a is. good voice. And that comes from the human spirit, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, the experience, the, the idea of a teacher. Th- think about this. Experience is the best teacher. Sure. Right? We've all we've oh, all yeah. heard that. We've all said that. Well, ex- is experience a person? No. No. But we learn from experience. Boy, did I learn from that mistake. Another phrase now is the mistake a person? No, it's it's an experience. You know the the, the phrase "losing taught me how to win." You know, in in athletics. Mm-hmm. Now again, the whole point is our learning doesn't have to come from a an individual person. It comes from our experiences. It comes from thoughts. It comes from reading. It comes from observation. Mm-hmm. Learning comes from all of these things. So. When we say the Holy Spirit will teach you, it doesn't mean that you have to sit in the classroom and and listen to your teacher. Right, right. But it's, you are going Life through, lessons. Right. The classroom of life is what you're going through. Folks, if you have a thought, we're talking about this Holy Spirit and how does it work and does it have a voice and if it doesn't have a voice, then how would it teach us? Give us a call at 866-985-4255 toll free 866 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now and if you have the Christian Questions app, just press the call in button and it dials for you. It's
2: pretty cool. And conversation continues online at ChristianQuestions.com. Contact us there with your questions or comments. Also, interact with us on our Facebook and our always updated
1: blog. And, folks, look, for those of you who are in areas where we're not on for the second hour, you've got to stay with us for this next hour because we're really going to get into the nitty-gritty of how the Holy Spirit works. So, again, if you have the app, that's a great way to do it. Get the app and just listen live wherever you are or go online and click listen live at ChristianQuestions.com. So... Jonathan the Holy Spirit speaking. Let's Now let's talk about a scripture that talks about the Holy Spirit speaking. Okay? Acts 28:24 to 27.
2: And some believed the things which were spoken, and some believed not. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Will spake the Holy Ghost by Isaiah the prophet unto our father.
1: So, well spake the Holy Spirit by Isaiah, by Isaiah. So he's saying the Holy Spirit spoke. That's what he says. So what do you say about that? If we say, well, look, it doesn't have a real voice, then, well, then how do you explain that scripture? Let, let's finish reading it.
2: Saying, go unto this people and say, hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For the heart of this people is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have they closed, lest they shall see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and should be converted. And I should heal them.
1: So that's what he says the Holy Spirit said. He spoke through writings through yeah. Isaiah. So and, and here's the way Isaiah defines who was doing the talking. Isaiah six, eight through eleven. We're just gonna just read the first part.
2: Also I heard the voice of the Lord okay, say- okay.
1: saying. The voice of who?
2: The Lord. Okay saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?
1: So, then you've got that whole scripture quoted in Acts. So, when it says the Holy Spirit spoke by Isaiah, Isaiah says it was the voice of the Lord. Yes. Okay. So, and Isaiah recorded that voice and wrote it down. So, we hear the voice of God... Through His Word. Through the writing that Isaiah... And that's how it teaches us. See, it's an incredible thing. Um... You know just just another thing about experience, you know teaching us and so forth, uh, Julie, our our chief rewinder, mm-hmm. uh, she was helping me with a with a uh, an audio visual uh, presentation, and uh, it was it was supposed to be a very sensitive, dramatic uh, presentation on the voice of Jesus. And so she chose this particular font uh, to to put the words on the on the PowerPoint thing. and I asked her, I said, well, "Why did you choose that font?" And her words to me were, "Well, it spoke to me." And I'll never forget it because, I mean, the, the font didn't have a little voice saying, oh, pick me, pick me. But <laughs> she saw it and it moved her. And that's the same kind of teaching that we can get from God's Spirit. So when we see how teaching works in our lives, it's, it's everywhere. It is. And it's not limited. And I guess that's the thing um, that, that's important here. We're not going to have a lot of time to get into this, but the Holy Spirit testifies as well. Uh, and it says so in Hebrews ten fifteen to 18.
2: The Holy Spirit also testifies to us about this. First, he says, This is the covenant I will make with them after the time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts. I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, Then sins and law, lawless acts I will remember no more. And where there have been forgotten, there is no longer any sacrifice for sin. So,
1: in Hebrews and we believe the apostle Paul wrote Hebrews he's saying the holy spirit testifies about this and when you think about it you think okay well who's giving the testimony god and how do you know because if you look up the old testament scripture here's what it says he's quoting directly from jeremiah 31 31 to 33 the time is coming
2: declares the lord when i will make a new covenant with the house of israel and the house of judah and i will not It will not be like the covenant I made with their forefathers when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt because they broke my covenant, though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord.
1: Okay, so it is declares the Lord. In that scripture it says declares the Lord three different times. Okay, Mm -hmm. We only read part of it. So it gives us a sense that when the Holy Spirit is speaking and you look at the reference to the Old Testament, it specifically says this is the voice of God. A written record. Right. So it was the voice of God to the prophet who wrote it down, so therefore the voice of God can teach us through the written record. Written records of events can serve as actual testimonies of truth. So we can see that teaching comes much more through a whole lot more than what we might think, and the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives may be different than we would have thought. And it's something we have to get into a whole lot more. So, folks, in the second hour, you want to stay with us. Again, go to ChristianQuestions.com and click Listen Live if we're not on in your area. We're talking about how God's Spirit works, an important subject. So, please, please stay with us. For Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions, how does God's Spirit work? What does it do and what does it not do? We'll be back soon, but till then, think about it.
0: Is Christian Questions.
1: Warren Wiersby once said, Truth without love is brutality. Love without truth is hypocrisy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Christian Questions Talk Radio with your breakfast with Jonathan and Rick. This isn't your typical Christian commentary. We love talking with our audience and promise to never talk at you like so many talk shows do today. This is a conversation about biblical topics as we look at them from a different perspective. And Jonathan, we have a very tough but really fascinating subject today. We really do, Rick. And our question this morning is, how does God's
2: Spirit work? And our theme text is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us by God.
1: So, in the first hour, we were talking about uh, God's Spirit, and and, and really, the the definition of Holy Spirit is sort of a a, um, a sanctified power, a sanctified influence, because the word for Spirit literally means breath or wind. That's right. And, And when you think about that, and you think, well, you know... How 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 can that be? You think about the power of a tornado or a hurricane, mm-hmm. and it's amazing how wind can have such an amazing uh, ability to to move things, to break them into pieces. But
2: uh, it's unseen. That wind it, and, is unseen,
1: and that's the point. The only reason you see a tornado is because of the dust that kicks up. Right. So it's interesting that that's the that's the actual word for spirit. So. In this segment, what we want to look at is the question, is the Holy Spirit like other spirits in the scriptures? And and there's lots of other spirits mentioned. What are they? How do they work in all of that? That's what we want to get into with this. But Jonathan, before we get started with all of this, we have an app. Oh, we do indeed.
5: (laughs) We
2: have an app and think about it you can not a nap you can carry <laughs>
1: Jonathan wants a nap because we had to get up an hour earlier but
2: no <laughs> you can now carry Rick and Jonathan around in your pocket Woo-hoo. we are thrilled to introduce the launch of the new CQ app for Apple and Android smartphones and tablets this is a must have for our listeners because it offers the following advantages first click listen live and hear the program live wherever you are every Sunday morning, as well as CQ Daily, uh, the weekday broadcast in Orlando, Florida, um, and that's between two thirty and three PM. And you can call in live on the program directly from your app by just clicking a button. All the previous programs are archived, so you can just click on a title or subject matter and bring the Bible study with you wherever you go. And you can click right into Facebook uh and and join us on Facebook. And uh, there's so much more. Um, just download
1: the app uh, from your Apple or Android phone or tablet. So it comes from iTunes or Google Play. Those are the two places the app is available right now. They're working on actually developing the app even further and further availability as well. But it's very cool. We've gotten nothing but really, really good, good response and reports from it. Uh, Jonathan, one of the things we've talked about, we talked about in the first hour was the, the concept of human intuition. Mm-hmm. And how that is a sort of a template for understanding the concept of God's Spirit. Let's go to a, a, um, a TED Talk by Patrick, and boy, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Patrick, I apologize. Patrick Schweifer Deger. I don't know. That's really wrong. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> anyway, he's talking about learned intuition and talking about chessboard memory. Adrian De Groot was famous
6: for doing a series of studies in the 1940s, 50s, and 60s around the game of chess. And in one study in particular... He had chess novices and chess masters involved. And in both cases, they were shown a chess board of a chess game halfway in progress. But they were only allowed to see that chess board for five seconds. Then the curtain went down, and they got a fresh board, and they had to recreate what they saw. And the chess novices, this was, a, this was really a difficult task. And they got, on average, four, or five, maybe six pieces right. After that, they couldn't remember anymore. But, of course, for the chess masters, this was easy because they had the familiarity. They could chunk the information down. They saw the storyline of the game in progress. They saw the strategy of both sides. So for them, it was very easy to recreate what they saw.
1: So when we look at, at that and say, well, what has that got to do with the Holy Spirit? The answer is nothing directly, but everything indirectly. Okay, and, and what I mean by that is uh, we look at the Holy Spirit as the unseen power and influence of God. It teaches us, it gives us gifts, it moves us to action, and and, and Paul, in First Corinthians two one to fourteen, shows us the nature of the Holy Spirit related to other spirits, and that's where this discussion about chess. Uh, actually comes into play, so we 're going to break first Corinthians two one to fourteen into pieces as we go through it this segment.
2: When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come proclaiming the mystery of God to you in lofty words or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and in fear. And in much trembling.
1: So the apostle Paul has set the stage. Now, understand the Corinthian church at that time was really messed up. Yes, they were doing a lot of things backwards and wrong, and they just they 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 were missing the points. They were misusing the gifts. They were tolerating immorality. They were uh, they were mis misrepresenting uh, the, the the Lord's Supper. I mean, they were very high maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they were they were a problem child. Yeah, for yeah. for the apostle, so he is writing First Corinthians to essentially, um, in a very nice way, yell at them about these different things so they could straighten themselves out. Mm-hmm. Now the good news is by the time 2 Corinthians comes around they've really worked on straightening things out. Yes. Okay. But here he's, he's sort of setting the stage uh, to, to let them know that look, when I came to you I was, I was giving you God's word. I was giving you purity. He, so he's setting this is, this is what you received. So now let, let's continue in these verses.
2: My speech and my proclamation were not with plausible words of wisdom but with a demonstration of Of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might rest not on human wisdom, but on the power of God.
1: So now, uh, in in verse 4, the Spirit and power of God are clearly God's Spirit and His power. That's right. Okay? Now, here's the question. Is one, is the Spirit, an entity, and the other, power, a characteristic? Or are they both characteristics? and and you know you say well why are you asking that question because according to the way the word for spirit is used it it's it definitely leans toward uh something that that's 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 a part of something else but not its own individuality doesn't have its own individuality mm-hmm. okay now why do we say that well let's go further because now he's talking he introduces the spirit and power of god and now uh, Paul is going to explain God's wisdom and how it's applied but but just listen to the, the words that the apostle uses Yet among the
2: mature we do speak wisdom though it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to perish but we speak God's wisdom secret and hidden which God declared before the ages for our glory none of the rulers of this age understood this for if they had They would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the human heart conceived, what God has prepared for those who love Him.
1: So he's making a distinction between the wisdom and plan of God versus the wisdom and planning of mankind. Right. Big difference. Right. But now now understand there is there is wisdom and there is thought on the part of mankind. Mm-hmm. And so that's where the comparisons are going to come into play. Now obviously the wisdom of mankind has can't hold a candle to the wisdom and plan of God. Right. But he's he's going to be using the two as as a comparison one uh, to the other. So now Paul is going to get into explaining God's spirit. And as and folks as Jonathan reads through this next uh, set of scriptures Take very clear notice as to what the Spirit is likened to, what it's compared to. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit.
2: For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what human being knows what is truly human except the human spirit that is within? So also no one comprehends what is truly God's except the Spirit of God. So, he likens the spirit of God to to us, to uh, the the spirit of man.
1: Right now, and we, and we don't we don't look at the spirit of man and say, well, you know, the the, the spirit of Jonathan is separate from Jonathan. No, it not, is not not it's not an entity. Right, it is integrally involved in who you are, a- an internal force. Right. So now let, let's go back now, just for a second, to remember the soundbite we played at the beginning of this hour uh, that talked about chessboard memory. Y- yes. Yes. and you had the um, the chess masters who took a 5 second view of a chess game in 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 progress and
2: they could understand it right. and see oh i see how this got here
1: right versus somebody who didn't know anything about chess they took the same 5 second view they could not recreate no, what was on the board they could not. but the master could why because their life experience had given them the ability to say I get what's happening here. I see the story unfolding, and I can therefore recreate it. This is simple. I'm, I can see exactly who's doing what and what they're thinking, what their strategies are. And you know, somebody like me who doesn't play chess would look at that and say, what?
2: Exactly. Me too.
1: <laughs> but see, what this is doing, Jonathan, in this, in this scripture, it's giving us a sense of the human experience... And the human spirit, just like the chess master with the chess board, a chess master with a chess board doesn't have God's spirit working in them. No, but they've got their own human spirit, their own human intuition, their own human power and influence, able to understand it because of their experience. Right. So they, there's a there's a likening of God's spirit. To man's spirit. I mean, he's he's comparing them as though they're they have a similar quality. Of course, you know, obviously God's spirit is so much oh, superior. Yeah. yeah. So now, the apostle doesn't stop there. He, there's further comparison in verse 12.
2: Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God so that we may understand the gifts bestowed on us
1: by God. So now, in the previous verse, it was comparing the Spirit of God to the human spirit, mm-hmm. but now he's saying he's comparing the Spirit of God to the spirit of the world.
2: The world, the worldly spirit.
1: Right. Now, mm-hmm. now what is the worldly spirit? Now, both can be received in the same way, but no one believes that the spirit of the world is its own separate entity no the spirit of the world is the sense of what the world teaches and what the world brings us right and so it's the power it's the influence of the world how many times you know when 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 you're you're talking about educating children and, you know, you have to send them to school. And then you get a little worried about sending them to school because there's going to be what out there? Influence. Right. Is be... What kind of
2: influence? There's right. the question. And
1: you say, oh, I don't want them exposed to that influence or that to that spirit or the, this spirit. So that's what the comparison is. So if we want to understand the Holy Spirit and how it works, I think it's important to understand it in the context that the Apostle himself explains it to us. And, and, and it, may be, it may be a, a hard pill to, to, to swallow as, as you're listening to this, but I, we want to focus on the scriptures. The scriptures, we believe, give us the answers. Let's go to verses 13 and 14. And we speak of these things in
2: words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual things to those who are spiritual. Those who are unspiritual do not receive the gifts of God's Spirit, for they are foolishness to them, and they are unable to understand them because they are spiritually discerned.
1: So verse 14 then uh specifically speaks uh, of the gifts of God's spirit the influence and power and not the gifts of another entity but these gifts come directly from God because his influence is upon us. So is it reasonable to assume that God's spirit works in a similar fashion to the human spirit or the spirit of the world? And you say, "Well, well wait a minute, they're different." Yes, they're different. But they're they're they they fit into the same type Of category. Especially the way the Apostle Paul described it. And and that's really the key, is the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2, 1-14 really gives us a very strong working definition of of what God's Holy Spirit is and the the way we can begin to understand it by understanding the human spirit human intuition human experience worldly spirit and things of that nature
2: this is Christian Questions I'm Jonathan here with Rick our subject this morning how does God's spirit work coming up so if the Holy Spirit is not a person or a spirit being how do we explain this one the Bible says that the Holy Spirit has an opinion
0: that's next You're listening to Christian Questions. Welcome back.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning How does God's Spirit Work? To be a part of our program, call toll free 866 985 4255. That's 866 985 for all. Or you could go to our app and uh, click the call in button, and you can reach us instantly. Uh, we are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now on our website, ChristianQuestions.com.
1: That's right, Christian Questions now has an app. That means you can carry Jonathan or Rick around in your pocket. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is available uh, for um, iPhones and Android phones. You can get it at iTunes or Google Play. And, uh, free app, and it's got, they're developing it even further than just the basics of listening live and so forth and so on and listening to archives. But it's a really cool app. Go get it now. It's obviously, it's free because everything we do here is free. That's right. Secret Rewind Full Edition. Free service. We want you to have it in terms of Bible study. Uh, Jonathan, let's go back before we get into the Holy Spirit having an opinion and how do we understand and explain that. Um, Let's go back to Patrick Schwerdfiger, who gave this TED Talk.
2: Good job. Uh, Yeah, I don't think so. I'm sorry,
1: Patrick. I really am. Uh, And again, talking about learning intuition, experience, and expertise, because these are very important in understanding the human spirit, and that helps us understand the Holy Spirit. And so what we learn is that intuition, these intuitions are in
6: fact a combination of experience, and expertise. When you have experience and expertise in a given area, these intuitions, these almost superhuman intuitions, come automatically. So the question is, what's the fastest way to get experience and expertise in a given setting? And the answer to that question is immersion. When you immerse yourself into something, you automatically get that experience and expertise much much quicker so intuitively it makes a lot of sense that if you want to learn french the best way to do that is to go to france and live there for a period of time you would learn far more by living in france than by taking french lessons every week for months or even years
1: so he's talking about the concept of of learned intuition and it and it develops through experience uh, and, uh, uh application. Sure. sure. So, and, and here's the thing, Jonathan. I think that what, what that does, you know, because God's Spirit works with our Spirit. Mm-hmm. And when you say, well, what does that mean? I think when you, when you put together immersing yourself, because he said if you want to learn something, you immerse yourself in it. Right. If we immerse ourselves in scripture studies and, and trying to understand the Word of God, our actual human ability to comprehend that will, will go up. Good point. And then it's that, I think, is where the Holy Spirit can absolutely elevate all of that. But the more we are immersed in the Word of God, the stronger influence God's Spirit will be upon us. That makes sense. And, and I think that we have to understand that it works within the confines of our own spirit. Uh, now, l- let's talk about the, the, the spirit having an opinion before we go to the phones. Acts fifteen twenty-eight, and then Acts sixteen
2: six. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to impose on you no further burden than these essentials. They went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit, to speak the word in Asia.
1: So, again, it sounds like you're talking to somebody and it says, Yeah, it seems good to me to do that. Just Does it seem good to you? Yeah, it seems good <laughs> to me. It does sound like I somebody. mean, that's the, the way it looks like it's being reported. And then the Acts 16 scripture, it says, Well, we were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to, to go into... It said,
2: Don't you go there.
1: Right. So what does that mean? That's an important question. Jonathan, let's go to the phones and we'll get to that answer.
2: All right. Well, we have Randall from Connecticut. Good morning, Randall, and welcome to Christian Questions.
7: Good morning. Happy Sunday, guys. To you, too. And we have John 1.12. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God. The world is filled with terrors and horrors, as anyone listening to the news broadcast during this show can witness. And certain scientists would reduce humans to a series of chemical processes. But the Christian, through the Spirit, knows the promise. 2 Corinthians 3.6 A new covenant, not of letter, but of spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. In the spirit, we know the immediate presence of God. We know that our actions have meaning. And with that meaning comes responsibility. In the spirit, the Christian knows that that responsibility brings hope. Ephesians three sixteen, that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through His Spirit.
1: Randall, thanks so much. We appreciate it.
7: God bless you guys. You Take too.
1: care. And, and you know the the idea is that God's Spirit, as a, as an influence in our lives, is life changing if we let it be. You know, God's Spirit wouldn't come into our lives and sort of bullet's way through to say, "Hey, I am taking over here." That's not the way it works. It works through our natural uh, tendencies and can only feed us if we're willing to be fed. Because, you know, a lot of what God's Spirit feeds us, Jonathan, is different than what we might want. That's a good point. And, again, it comes down to immersing yourself in, 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 in spiritual things. So, again, folks, if you have a thought, it's eight six six nine eight five four two five five. Toll free, eight six six nine eight five four all We are live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9, and that means we're on right now.
2: Out from the dark ages and into the light of today, join us 24-7 at ChristianQuestions.com.
1: And uh, you can also, if you have Christian Questions app, which you can get at Google Play or iTunes if you have an Android phone or an iPhone, uh, you can call in by pressing a button. Doesn't he, Don't even have to know the number.
2: That's right. And you can join us on Facebook.
1: So uh, make sure you do all that stuff right now. We'll wait. No, <laughs> all right. Let's talk about let's talk about the Holy Spirit uh, and, and and its opinions and so forth. God's unseen power and influence tell us what to do, and they show us the way. I mean, that's what God's power and influence does. It shows us the way. Romans five five is a good example of this. And hope maketh not a shame, because the love
2: of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us.
1: So, the love of God is shed abroad into our hearts by God's power and his influence which is given to us so and when you when you are operating when your operating system is based on the love of god it's a different system than based on just the human spirit good point point. and that's what we want to do in our lives <coughs> excuse me what we want to do is we want to change our operating system change it from the human spirit human intuition and so forth so that we can leverage ourselves up Higher spiritually by God's Spirit.
2: Well, Rick, have you ever been involved in like some kind of event, like a team spirit? Uh, you get all fired up.
1: Oh, absolutely. Because of the
2: crowd and, you know, the focus.
1: Remember when we used to play volleyball?
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, and really, you know, what happens is you, you get people together and they're, and, they're, and they're competing and you do. You get this team spirit and then you can start to do things that you normally couldn't do before. You're right. And, 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 but see, that gives us the same sense. Team spirit, what is it? It's not a person, it's a sense that happens as a result of the coming together of many, many different things. So when, you know, when we say that, um, the, the, that the Holy Spirit had an opinion, I mean, does a team spirit have an opinion? Well, yeah, they want to win. Right, <laughs> right. And, and, and team spirit guides you to act a certain way. Right. It tells you... Strategy. Right. It tells you what to do and how to do it and so forth. 1 Corinthians 6.19, another example of, of the power of God's spirit in our lives and how it gets there.
2: What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own?
1: All right. So don't you know that your body is the temple of God's power? And, and when you think about that, Jonathan, that is, a, that is a profound statement. You are not your own. Again, your operating system is being changed. It's being raised up a level. It's very humbling, though. It, it is. It's humbling. And in some ways, it, it's very daunting.
2: Overwhelming. Because
1: yeah. what we have to do is we have to focus our humanity, our human spirit and so forth, uh, to, 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 to be higher. Because our human spirit tells us things. It does, it, and, and that's okay. But is what is, is is what our human spirit telling us the same as what the Holy Spirit is telling us? You know, another example of language used to describe our experience. You know, something told me not to go in there. Well, what told you? Intuition. Right. Why? Because of personal experience. Because of observation. Yes. And 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 that's okay. That's all good. That's the human spirit. The Holy Spirit works the same kind of way. So, when your human spirit has an opinion, it's not a some kind of separate individual's opinion. It's your opinion expressed to you subconsciously. God's spirit is his watch care over us, telling us, "Don't go there. Go here instead." See, th- and I think really that's how God's spirit works. It works through
2: us. If you have a thought, give us a call at 866-985-4255. That's 866 866-985 985 We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website,
1: ChristianQuestions.com. All right, Jonathan, how about this one? How about the Spirit being a witness to things the same as we are? A witness. Okay, when you're a witness to something, you see something, right? Right. And you can testify about it. Yeah. Okay, yep. that's one way to be a witness. Now, is that what the Scripture is saying? Let's read Acts 5.32. And we are
2: witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has
1: given to those who obey him. Now, read that same exact verse. That was from the New Revised Standard Version. Read that exact same verse from the Rotherham translation, and just notice the subtle differences. And we
2: are witnesses of these things, also the Holy Spirit, which God hath given unto them, who are yielding obedience unto him.
1: So it says in Acts 5.32 in the New Revised Standard, the Holy Spirit whom God has given to us, mm-hmm. and in Rotherham, Rotherham it says which God has given to us. Mm-hmm. So one is very personal in, in terms of describing an, an entity, mm-hmm. but the other is, is impersonal. Now why is that? An influence. right. So, and I think that that's part of what we have to see here. So, what does it mean that that we are a witness and the Holy Spirit is a witness? What does it mean to be a witness? Does it mean that does it mean that you are uh, you watch something with your own eyes? Therefore, the Spirit must have eyes. Is that what it means? Well, let's. What does the word for witness actually
2: mean? It means a witness, a martyr, record, witness.
1: Okay, so it can be a witness, somebody who sees something, mm-hmm. but can also be a record. Yep. Right, now, what does that mean? Well, let's take a look. Romans one 9 i I'm going to look at two scriptures that use this exact same word. Romans 1, nine. For God
2: is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers.
1: So God is my witness. So you can say, yes, God is watching me. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting. He says, whom I serve with my spirit. Right. So we have to take our own human spirit and and direct it spiritually so that God's spirit can, can, can transform our operating system. Good, I like that. Okay, so you have to put the two together. But now look at this scripture in terms of witness. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1.23
2: Moreover, I call God for a record upon my soul that to spare you I came not as yet unto Corinth.
1: So the same word is used as a record. Now when you have a record of something, is it a person? No. Is it a place? No. No. It it is it's a. It's an entity. It, it, it's it, a thing. It's a thing. It's it's a it's something that is written that you say. Okay, the records show. I mean, you look at land records in town hall. Sure, sure. What do they show? They they don't show personality. No. They show facts. Facts of of ownership. Mm-hmm. So what this word can actually mean is that we can be the written record, if you will. Of God's working in, in, in the world. That's what the Apostle's saying. We can be the record. In other words, your life ends up being a testimony. Not that you are speaking the testimony.
2: He was a record to the Corinthians,
1: for right. sure. Right. So our lives can be the record. And that's the point. The Spirit, the fact that the Spirit. Influences our lives is a testimony in and of itself. Nobody has to say it. You look at what happened. Mm-hmm. The fact that, uh, especially when you look at the apostles, they are a record of what happened. You look at this, the, 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 uh, effects of their life
2: well the book of life is a record recorded of the faithful followers of Jesus exactly. in the future exactly
1: and, and, and you know history provides us with a reliable record a reliable witness of what's been done. Our lives should also be a record of these things, a, 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 a culmination, a gathering of observations that say, I mean, don't you want it said that after, you know, your lights get clicked out, you want it to be said that, boy, you look at the record of Jonathan's life, and doesn't that inspire you?
2: I would hope, <laughs> well, and, and <laughs> but, then, but I fear.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, we all hope and fear, okay? But see, again, you know what that is, though, Jonathan? That's taking our human spirit that says, I hope, but I fear, and then when we when we angle our human spirit to work in line with the Holy Spirit, the operating system changes. And then then, then there comes a spiritual courage that wasn't there before. Absolutely. That's there, so true. And there comes a spiritual understanding that wasn't there before. Yes. There comes a, a sense of 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 higher thinking that wasn't there before because now you've got God's spirit guiding and directing your life your everyday experiences.
2: This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, How Does God's Spirit Work? Coming up. So how does God's Spirit work in us? What does love have to do with it? That's next.
0: You're listening to Christian Questions.
2: Welcome back. This is Christian Questions. I'm Jonathan here with Rick. Our subject this morning, how does God's spirit work? To be a part of our program, call toll-free 866-985-4255. That's 866-985 for all. We're live Sunday mornings from 7 to 9. That means we're on right now. And our website, ChristianQuestions.com. And don't forget to go to
1: Twitter and tweet us. That's right. We've got our, our tweet master, Kathy, is waiting for you. Yes. Uh, she's uh, she's very good at, uh, at being responsive and sending out tweets. So you can find that all on ChristianQuestions.com. Also, secure Rewind, the full edition, Jonathan.
2: Oh, it's a must, especially for a program like this, Rick.
1: Right, because we're talking about things, and, and a lot of you are probably going, wait a minute, what are you saying? What are you saying? So you get CQ Rewind, the full edition, and you can see it in writing. That's and, right. And, and the, the, a lot of the commentary will be there. All the scriptures will be there. Graphics,
2: first. illustrations, the bonus material. I mean, there's so much we don't have time to talk about.
1: And again, it's available at ChristianQuestions.com only, and it is a free service. You just need to sign up for it. You can opt out at any time. Again, with no obligation. So, ChristianQuestions.com, the the hub for all Christian questions activity. So, Jonathan, let's go back to, again, we're, we're, we're looking at the Spirit of God and understanding the Spirit of God in the same context as we understand human spirit and human intuition because the two are actually compared several times in Scripture. So they must be similar. There, There is a dramatic similarity. Now, there's dramatic differences, right. because God's spirit is so far above the human spirit. Mm-hmm. But let's go to uh, just one more quick soundbite here. Scientific American, this is actually from an audio book on the science of intuition. And again, this has to do with the human spirit.
6: As popular books on intuitive healing, intuitive learning, intuitive managing, and intuitive trading urge... Should we listen more to our intuitive voice and exercise our intuitive muscle? Or should we instead recall King Solomon's wisdom? He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool. These questions are both deep and practical. They go to the heart of our understanding of the human mind. And the answers could provide a valuable guide in our everyday lives when we must decide whether to follow gut instinct or use evidence-based rationality.
1: These are intuitive so, Jonathan, this is this is important because okay, do you go with your gut instinct because that's the human spirit. So, this is the science of intuition. Yes, yes. Wow. And 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 there's something to be said for the human spirit and the science of all of that, but there's also something to be said with going to something that's firm and solid. And that's why God's spirit works better through us if we are grounded in the truth of scripture and his plan. Because that is something solid. So now if we take our human intuition and we use the it as a, as a comparison to God's spirit and God's plan, when the two contradict, there should be a, a red flag that automatically goes up in our head.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: And that's how God's spirit works within us. It's not going to overrun everything. It's not going to miraculously change you. I mean, sorry to disappoint you on that, but there's no miraculous change. There is a process of change. That helps us to grow into the spirit and out of the human thinking process. So, but the two have to work together. Again, folks, if you have a thought, now would be the time, 866-985-4255. Toll free, 866-985 for all. Jonathan, God's spirit works in us because of our diligence, our observations, our testimonies, and our love. 1 John chapter 4, verses 1 through 16. We'll take this, these verses in pieces. Beloved do not
2: believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world.
1: Okay, test, do not believe every spirit, test the spirits, test the influences that come into your life.
2: Are they in harmony with God's word right. and his plan? If not, then the red flag.
1: Right, and, there, and we can't just say, are they in harmony with how I feel about God's word and his plan? Right. Well, we gotta, we got to know it. In order to be able to really, truly test them, so this is important. False prophets uh, provide false influences. That's right. You just got to be careful of those things, you know. It, and it reminds me of uh, of the movie, the old movie Star Wars. Mm-hmm. You know, and and Darth Vader is, is trying to capture Luke or, or the the woman uh, Leah, I think it, Princess Leah, isn't that her name? Anyway, you know, he says the force is strong in this one. You know, he's he's detecting a strong sense of something very powerful. People, when they get to know us, should get a sense, if we are truly Christian, that the Spirit is powerful in this one. There's something different about that. Right. And it comes uh, according to how you live and what you've immersed yourself into. So, 1 John 4,
2: let's continue. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. And this is the spirit of the antichrist
1: of which you have heard that is coming and now it is already in the world. Now this is interesting every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ uh, has come is in the flesh is from God. Basically what you know we look at the word confesses and I think sometimes we don't we don't apply its proper meaning to confess is not just to say oh yeah that's that's right but it's to assent to covenant to acknowledge, to to be dedicated to that which you are saying, mm-hmm. and there's a big difference. That is huge. And and look, folks, you know we get that from the idea that you know there's a lot of uh, and again, don't mean to step on toes, but a lot of folks who claim Christianity, in fact, are just Sunday go to meeting Christians, and the Christianity does not permeate the rest of their lives. And see, when you go, if you're a Sunday go-to-meeting Christian, but the rest of your life, the Christianity doesn't matter, you are not confessing Jesus Christ. Because you are not covenanting to live in accordance with the way he wants us to live. Now, you may be mouthing the words, but see see the difference? There's a big difference. And, And so... Every ins- influence that confesses that, that really, really, really is focused on Jesus being God's son is it, an important place for us to start. Um, again, the spirit uh, of being against Christ, you know, it talks about the Antichrist. Yes, uh, It's not a, a single individual, but the result of a momentum building towards a viewpoint. And we can see how the spirit of Antichrist has built throughout the Dark Ages Yes, and, and permeated and contaminated Christianity. It's not a person, it's an influence that contaminated uh, thousands of years of Christianity, unfortunately. Let's continue with 1 John. Little children, you are from God and
2: have conquered them. For the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them.
1: This is huge. The one who is in you, you are from God, and the one is in you, God Himself. Is greater than the one who's in the world.
2: The influence of the world.
1: Right. So God is in us through his power, his blessing, and his influence because we're dedicated to Christ.
2: Right. If we weren't, his power and influence would not be in us.
1: Right. You know, in, the, in a scripture we read, I think in the last segment, said, you know, you are the temple. Of, of, the, living uh, of the living God. the living God. Yes. Know, the temple of the Spirit. Yeah. I mean, a temple. What is a temple? A temple is a place where religion lives. A building it, 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 yeah. it, it can be it can be a building, it can be a, a just a place like paganism had quote temples on the high hills where they did all of their their services that was sacred ground to them, that was like a temple right what that's saying is you are the sacred ground within your heart and right, so if you have god 's spirit, it is sacred ground I mean folks, you see how deep the power of the Spirit is as a power and an influence uh, in our lives. Let, let's continue with 1 John chapter 4.
2: We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and whoever is not from God does not listen to us. From this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error.
1: Okay, now right there, and, and you know, just, just as, as you continue reading the scripture, it talks about the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. People or influences? Just, just think about it. Beloved, let us love one another, because love
2: is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins.
1: And I think... You know at the at the end of the last segment you said what's love got to do with it? Mm-hmm. This is what this is what love got to do with Everything. it. Everything. Right? Yes. Love, God's love for us is the very basis, the very foundation of who and what we have the opportunity to become in our lives. The influences and source of truth and the influences and source of error are compared in this particular scripture. The spirit of truth, the spirit of error. error. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not comparing a person to an influence. It's, it's influenced influence. It's a similar comparison. It is. And again, that's why I want to encourage you to get Seek Rewind, the full edition, because all of the scriptures are going to be written out for you. And take a look at how the Spirit, God's Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is defined in Scripture. Not defined in what we imagine it is, not defined according to tradition, but defined in scripture. It's defined as this power and influence and it's compared to the human spirit. It's compared to the spirit of truth, the spirit of error. It's compared to, uh, Jesus' own spirit or the apostles' own spirit. There, there's lots of, of, of other comparisons that put it on to help us understand the kind of thing uh, that it is. So God's love for us is the greatest evidence of the source of truth, as his love was driven by his plan for salvation. And, of course, the centerpiece of the plan is Jesus Christ. That's right. And him crucified and resurrected and the ransom price paid.
2: Or we would have no spirit of God.
1: And that's the point. The influence of God comes to to work in our lives, A, because of God's plan, B, if we're called, and then C, if we let it and so we have a choice. We have a choice as to how much we let God's spirit work in our lives or we allow our own human spirit to override God's spirit. Let, let's try to finish up these verses without me interrupting too many times. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another.
2: No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God lives in us and his love
1: is perfected in us. There it is. If we love... So yeah, sorry, I'm interrupting. You did it again. <laughs> if we love one another... God lives in us. His influence is there in us.
2: By this we know that we are able, uh, we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father has sent his Son as the Savior of the world.
1: So loving one another is the most basic and powerful way that God's spirit is evidenced as working in us. That's what it says in 1 John. It says God lives in us. Now, look, God Almighty doesn't have an apartment inside your heart. No. But God Almighty has his power and influence in your heart so he can actually guide and direct your life if you let him. It's you've. We've got to be willing to open the door to the power of the Spirit. And let's uh, finish up with verse uh, 15 and 16 of First John chapter 4.
2: God abides in those who confess that Jesus is the Son of God and they abide in God. So we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and those who abide in love abide in God, and God abides in them.
1: So how many times, you know, I love First John because it's all, especially chapter 4, it's all about God's love. Yes. And it, 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 it intertwines God's love with God's spirit and God's uh, uh, power and ability to work in our lives. So we abide in God the same way that God abides in us. Now think about that. I, I, what, what does that mean? That's what the scripture says. So, we abide in God. Now, God abides in us how? By giving us his power and influence as a very real part of our internal working. Mm -hmm. So, that means that we can abide in God by giving our power and influence, our our, Our will, right, very best to him. Yes. Think about it. It, it. We can do this. That's 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 overwhelming when you think about that. Our confession of Jesus is our confession of God's love. To live in this love is to live in the Spirit. And again, to live in the Spirit is to walk each and every day by using what the Apostle Paul said. He Remember he said my spirit works with God's spirit? That's right. We have to apply our humanness on its highest possible level so that we can be Firmly entrenched in hearing what God's Spirit will tell us. In seeing how God's Spirit will lead us. So that we can live a life that is faithful unto death. Jonathan, that's what God's Spirit's all about. That's how it works in our lives. It's a power and it's an influence and it's a life changing experience if we let it be folks we hope you've enjoyed being with us today it has certainly been an interesting subject we want to encourage you to get Your Rewind the full edition to get more on this you can get it at ChristianQuestions.com and don't forget Christian Questions now has an app it's available at iTunes and Google Play for iPhones and Android phones uh, more to come on that obviously next week but till then for Jonathan and Rick and Christian Questions God's Spirit the power and influence that will change your life till next week think about it